Hello, friends! Welcome to episode 78 of Storyteller Conclaves. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can, whether you are a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft, or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level. I am Sarah. And I'm Rob. How are we doing, Rob? Uh, should I answer that? Not really. Okay, fair enough. I kind of know how you're doing. HIPAA violations and all? HIPAA violations and all. Uh, so, uh, just, uh, hopes, hopes for your health. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, on the other hand, I'm just going to monopolize this one. Go for it. Uh, I'm doing great. Wonderful. For the first damn time in, 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 in a while. Well, I, you've been you've been on an upswing for, I would say, at least the last five days. It, yeah, yeah. Like, been... you worked on your game. You found yeah. some really great tools. Yeah. Which I, I, I knew you are going to gab about for at least a few minutes here. At least a few minutes, yeah. Uh, you showed me some of them, which uh-huh. is great. You found one that I've been working with and now have coveted it and started using <laughs> it as your own, which not, is great. Not only that, but Sean got it too. Yeah. So we're, so we're just working together to do that's all great. sorts That's great. You can show it. me later. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, but tell me a little bit about some of the new stuff you got. All right. So uh, I spent uh, spent a little bit of money. Um, I picked up uh, Foundry VTT. Which is the one I've got and is... I've been learning slowly. Yeah. So, uh, so Foundry. VTT, uh, and we talked about it a little bit. Um, it is a uh, it's fifty dollars for a license, but it's a one time purchase. Yes, um, and it is a uh, uh, it's a compu- it's a program that runs directly on your PC. Um, but that or, or Linux j- just runs well, right? But uh, on your computer, anyways. Yeah. Um, and uh, it runs the the VTT server there, mm-hmm. um, and then. Uh, rather than any of your players having to purchase software themselves mm-hmm. and install it, it actually you can log right in through a web browser, which is nice. And it has a live browser interface on it. It, it looks really good. It mm-hmm. moves very smoothly. Um, for all intents and purposes, it's like having your own personal Roll Twenty. Yeah, exactly. It's like your own Roll Twenty, but I think it looks better. It look it, it looks it's more. Yeah, it's polished. Um, the big draw for me was that uh, if you have a bunch of stuff on D and D Beyond, like mm-hmm. I do, uh, there are tools that you can download uh, like plugins for mm-hmm. for foundry that will allow you to import stuff from D&D Beyond. Not only D&D Beyond, but they've got they've got campaign settings for Shadowrun, for 7C, oh, for yeah. all kinds of stuff. I was astounded to see all the different games you could play in there. There was mm-hmm. uh, Savage Worlds was mm-hmm. in there. Um they even had Honey Heist, which is crazy. Which is which is absolutely crazy, yeah. So. Um but it it it's very flexible, very versatile and for 50 bucks you you really can't get around that so um like uh, I, i've thought about doing a uh comparative like i don't know review youtube channel that goes along with our stuff mm-hmm. that includes this kind of thing maybe we'll get into it next year but like i i don't have the spoons to throw at that right now Yeah, no i i barely have enough spoons to get to get my own game back up and running and exactly i'm kind of capitalizing on that right now so i find myself with a handful of spoons so i'm trying to run with it as much as possible no nope, no i would i would definitely do it i would definitely do it so uh the other thing that that i picked up um was uh being that i do have foundry vtt now um and you can do cool stuff like uh you know blocking off things on your maps um, mm-hmm. to define where walls and windows and doors and stuff of that are so that you can have true fog of war yeah. uh, in your maps, just like uh, I think Roll20 does that as well. Roll20 does it, but one of the things that I liked about VTT is it's not just uh, fog of war. You have two different terrain types. You have walls, mm-hmm. and then you have terrain wall. Right. And the terrain wall gives you a little different view mm-hmm. of things than your just typical walls, which is neat. It's different. Yeah. Uh, so so to, to get some of that stuff set up, I needed good maps to go along with mm-hmm. it. Now, I've been working with Incarnate mm-hmm. uh, for a while, but I find that Incarnate, to, to make things like dungeon maps and like village yeah. maps and stuff, that you've got to kind of fight it yeah. a little bit. It's, um, it's more for world maps more than anything else. It's phenomenal for world maps, yeah. but not, not great for the nitty-gritty down to, down to the square sort mm-hmm. of stuff. Uh, so what I picked up was actually Dungeon Fog. Yeah. And uh, this is uh, actually some software I didn't, I, I had not heard about before. Hmm. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I'm so sorry. Um, it was a software I'd not heard about before, um, but I did uh, some some quick searches and uh, whatnot. And you can make some really high quality maps. They've got a lot of really great assets. Um, you can do some stuff for free, but uh, the you really unlock the you know the good features when you pay for it. Um, it was $50 for a year subscription, uh, but you can do it on the month. 
uh, for five, I think for like five dollars a month or something like that. If you just want to, you know, jot down a quick couple maps and then save yeah. your money. And then um, I, I, I mean, and the maps that you were showing me are similar to some of the ones that are out there on Patreon that that creators create. Now, I'm not saying that what the creators are doing is basically just doing it this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look very similar. Um, but there's two creators that I follow, and I mean, the stuff they create is unique. It's beautiful. I'm not a creative sort in that sense. Like mm-hmm. I can create a map, but I'm not going to get to the level of creation that some of these people do. Right. I mean, you inherently are a creative painter. You have an eye for that kind of thing mm-hmm. and in love doing, you know, basically interior design uh, when you do maps and things like that. I am not good at that. So mm-hmm. I will pay someone a dollar a month to give me a stack of maps or $5 to give me a whole, you know, girth of maps. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and absolutely. it's totally worth it for me. Totally worth it for me. I, I had some particular things in mind for exactly what I wanted out of this map. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I, I did look through some existing ones already that were yeah. like freely available and i was like eh, those are good like inspiration sources mm-hmm. but they're not what i'm looking for right right you know uh i'm not gonna be able to describe the scene the way that i've that i've got it laid out mm-hmm. and then show you guys this map and have it be the same thing yeah so. exactly exactly um so yeah i, f- I found uh, i found dungeon fog mm-hmm. um and uh that's been working out really great um and lastly i've been actually playing around with um I can't believe this is the first time I've gotten into this because I was actually part of the Kickstarter right. uh, along with you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Was a Hero Forge? Oh God, yeah. Um, Hero Forge has their their color um, uh, color options for their minis out now. Yes, yes. And so the uh, their hero building um, online web interface has the ability to colorize those minis right there in the window. Yes. And you don't necessarily have to purchase them or anything like that. But what you can do is put characters together as an elaborate character builder and mm-hmm. call, get full color, st- take a screenshot of it. Mm-hmm. And you've got instant character references mm-hmm. for characters you've created just, you know, yeah. off, the, off the bat. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a nice way of doing it. Um, another thing that's really good for that is that, um, this will be a good going forward for people who just want to do headshots, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. You know, cause a lot of times you'll, you'll, you'll <clears throat> want those as like a, uh, like a, a token. Or something like that that you can use in other games, and I could see you using those in BTT uh, really easily. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's actually um, exactly what I was doing with them. Was I, mm-hmm. I took not only did I take screenshots so that I could post them in Discord so you guys could see what your your characters look like for this upcoming uh, one shot, but I also took those same screenshots and kind of um, uh, zoomed in on them a little bit, and then I made little tokens for the VTT mm-hmm. uh, for you guys. So. Um, yeah, it's actually kind of all coming together. I've got a lot of a lot of things working all in all. Uh, my game is, or I should say my session zero for my game is this Sunday. And this will be the first time we're playing since March? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Right, be- right before the pandemic hit. So, yeah, it's... Uh... It's good to be good to be back in the saddle and I'm I'm finally feeling confident about where I'm at and have the spoons to throw my game together. So, I, I just feel good about that all around. Yep. So do you want to get into this topic? I think we should. Okay. So we're talking about props tonight, and we're not just talking about giving your DM props. We're talking about actual physical props. I mean, always give your DM props. Always give your DM props he because they deserve slurpees. it. You know, it depends. Sometimes she likes her sour patch things. <laughs> so, uh, but always give your DM props or them, mm-hmm. however the case may be. Um, but physical props are fun. It's something you can uh, add into a game to add a lot of flavor to it and to get people a little, little more interested. I mean, uh, a lot of people get very animated when they're doing their rolling and, and, and talking about what something is. But mm-hmm. there are people who sometimes can't. They can't get into the moment. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. Uh, but when you bring something physical to the space, and, and people will agree with this, if you've ever done like a... Um, uh, what is it? The the mystery rooms, or you know, where you got to get yourself unlocked out of them, or or find uh, secrets, escape rooms. Escape yeah. rooms. Th- those kind of rooms have that feel. They you're they're putting you in the element, mm-hmm. and naturally you're now attached to it, and it makes the whole experience better. Yeah, and like I, I think for for anybody who's ever experienced um, live action role play, uh, mm-hmm. LARP, um, before you kind of you kind of understand what the what the difference between. Uh, you know, at tabletop role playing where everything's kind of in the theater of the mind's eye and mm-hmm. when you actually have some physical things to look at and mm-hmm. experience and how that instantly starts drawing you in, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I know you and I both uh, both played the exact same LARP yeah. uh, back in the day. Um, I played also uh, for a brief time in the one that, uh, uh, that Sean was involved in as well. Mm-hmm. And I also played, I LARPed Vampire, which yep. I think you did we, as we well. We both LARPed Vampire. Yeah, different places, but yeah. Um, but like, I, you know, 
it's it's strange that you know when when you uh, when you do have just even the bare minimum of props mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit of costuming going on, like even someone coming out with a, uh, you know, green green face paint mm-hmm. and uh, and a sword, and you're like, oh, that's an orc. Yeah. You know, and instantly your brain just kind of latches on to like, I know what that is. That's yeah. an orc. Like I have to treat it like it's an orc. You right. Yeah. And it stops being you know Bob wearing mm-hmm. <laughs> wearing green face wearing paint, a sash on him wearing or a something. sash on him that says orc. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And Adding. it becomes a very real experience for yeah. you with, because what it does is it bridges the gap in your in your uh, suspension and disbelief. Yes, you know. Uh, so let's let's go to the beginning. Okay. We always like to start these discussions with a with a definition. Yes. So okay. what what is a prop? Um, it's a physical object that represents something in your story to mm-hmm. help them either convey a visual cue or serve as a reminder um, or something of importance. Yes, exactly. some kind of presence. Um, and it, keep in mind too that like basically anything can be a prop. Okay? I mean, technically, minis and and uh, uh, terrain yeah. is is props. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, they are because they're they're physical representations of the things in your mm-hmm. game. You know, mm-hmm. and you could explain all day what the battlefield looks like, mm-hmm. but it's another thing to just put the, the you know a board down in front of them, slap a couple pieces of terrain and some minis on it, and be like that. Yeah. That's what it looks like. And then when they find loot, literally take a little piece of, like, a little chest and put it down there. Yeah, and exactly. boom, now you have loot. And now they're, ooh, there's loot there. Little, you know? little pile of coins and yep. boom. Yep, yep, there you go. Exactly. Um, But it can also be um just the little incidental stuff. Like, we, we've talked about doing things like handwritten notes before. Oh, yeah. Um, I've done them a few times. Yeah, you've done them a few times. Uh, you guys had, uh, we, you were looking for some literature from the uh, from the Mages Guild. Mm-hmm. And so I printed out some in-game books mm-hmm. and gave them to you guys. They were, they were just like little, you know, like two, three page things. But it still was neat. But it was a, it was a little thing and I put like a drop cap on it and mm-hmm. like some nice little printed font. Um, I was going to do the, 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 the tea staining, but it, it didn't work. I didn't know how That's to do fine. it. Right? You know? <laughs> um. But, uh, you know, things like that, those are pretty common props. Mm-hmm. But other things I've seen are things like keys, mm-hmm. um, tokens or trinkets mm-hmm. um, of little, you know, baubles you might find. Um, small boxes mm-hmm. are typically are, are pretty common because you little can find chests. some really, like, ornate things yeah. and hide treasures inside of them. So, like, the key I mentioned earlier, you yeah. know, you might find an antique key and put it inside a little antique box. Yeah. And that might be what they find in game. Yeah, I, I saw once where uh, they uh, they the group had gotten into a crypt, and uh, they needed to get a uh, a ring, a signet ring, off mm-hmm. of somebody after basically you know getting through their guards and stuff. And they get to the chamber where they are, where the person is, and uh, they're like, "So, are there is there undead here? No, just a sarcophagus. Oh, yep, you got to open it." So they open the sarcophagus, and then the person literally puts on the table an arm, a bony arm with, like, like oh, little bits of goo cool. on it and the ring on it. So they had to go and reach, and they had to decide who at the table was going to grab oh, it. Oh, man. And he had put, like, little bits of, like, jello, almost, uh-huh. like, or gel stuff on it. So it looked like old city, and they were like, oh, God, I'm, I'm not touching that. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. But you're the healer. You've dealt with that. You dealt with, like, life, not death. That's death. That's different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and those kind of things change the moment up. Uh, I saw some really amazing prop use um, mm. in, uh, and I, I talk a lot about the uh, the Geek and Sundry production of Dread. Oh yes, Sagas yes. of Sundry. Yes. Um, and they they did like uh, some like brackish water with some just like nasty stuff floating around in it, mm-hmm. and they had to like dig in there and find the key that had fallen into the quote unquote well. And it was just like a bucket that they had to reach into, but you know, it was that like. Halloween party level of like you know peeled grapes for eyeballs sort of thing. Yep. Oh, it was so gross, but it was so cool. No, and and that's what we're talking about. Is I mean, yeah, you can get lighting and sound effects and and fog machines and those things and, are also and props. put costumes. Those are all props, mm-hmm. but there's littler other things that you can throw together that are simpler than those. And there are considerations you have to worry about as well. Oh, because sure, sure. You sure. can go a little crazy, and, and we'll, we'll and get into that. Going yeah. crazy can go a bit far. So, so why why are props important? And I think this is this is the, the the main crux of our discussion right here is is I mean we can we can define a lot of different things as props, but why should you use props in your game? I think for me the first thing that comes into my mind is getting the spark out of people. Yeah. You want to start that fire of we're playing a game, we're in a moment together. Mm-hmm. 
and you want to give it some life of its own from away from the paper, away from the dice, away from the pens, away from the tablets, and, and add something more to it to give them that. Uh, and that, that's where, like, doing voices and stuff helps. But if you have a little help behind that, mm-hmm. sometimes it, it adds that spark to it. Yeah, it, it bridges, like I said, it bridges that, that um, mm-hmm. suspension of disbelief for you. Very much you so. Know? Uh, you don't have to imagine something that is physically sitting in front of you. Very much so. Very much so. Um and you know, it also helps too. Like some some objects really defy description mm-hmm. uh, in in a lot of ways. I mean, you you could sit there and describe the intricate gold filigree on something, you know, mm-hmm. or the intricacies of this, you know, dragon crest mm-hmm. or something like that. But you, know, you could just put it in front of them mm-hmm. and just be like, it looks like this, mm-hmm. and it saves you so much time and energy, and it also makes it so much real. It's a win win situation. Very much so. You know, very much so. Uh, you know, uh, ornamental armor pieces and or signets mm-hmm. and uh markings anytime you can like what like i saw someone do a rubbing off of a grave to get something and they had one of the players do it and then they set down that piece oh cool so it was a really ornate thing but mm-hmm. it was clearly a rubbing and they're like oh i i just did that yeah so it was it was a representation of what a player had already done they had planned for it mm-hmm. you know um another thing that's good is food and drink that is appropriate to the scene if you're having a feast why not have a feast? Oh yeah, I've done that before. I yeah. bought a bottle of wine for the uh, for the for the big dinner. With yeah, the so there's a toast, yep. and and those kind of things are great. Um, another thing that uh, that I think it really does well for is we we play in a vacuum in a lot of ways that we don't see that there are individuals who need assistance. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, there are plenty of people out there who have. Uh, who have needs to be able to be accommodated, whether it be tactile needs, whether it be auditory needs, visual needs, mm-hmm. m- memory assistance, sure, or or just the simplicity thing is culture block. Mm-hmm. Like they might not have a clue of what you're talking about, right? Because they're not culturally attached to that in any way. What's a cistern? Ex- oh, God, <laughs> there's a name for that. It's called a cistern. Um, but uh, those kind of things can definitely be helpful in making things connect with others. Mm-hmm. So. I think that's, that's that's an excellent point. That's yes. an excellent point. Um, so the second the second thing I think is really important about props is that it makes the, the it brings the object into an interactable space for you. Yeah. Okay. Now the, it sounds like that's the same thing, but it's not. Um, so like, how many of you guys out there? And and this question is also for you, Rob. How many of you have given a valuable plot object to a character? Uh, something that's. You know, there to drive the story, maybe mm-hmm. the thing that they need to beat the bad guy or yep. something like that, and they jot it down on a note and then stuff it in a pack, and it gets dis- it. disappears instantly. Instantaneously. And then when they're fighting the last guy, they're like, oh, God, this guy's really tough. If only we had this thing. Mm-hmm. Didn't we get that thing, like, four games ago? Rifle, 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 rifle. <laughs> oh, crap, guys, you know? Or worse yet, the person who has it doesn't have that pack sheet because they forgot it or yep. their character sheet got botched in somewhere in between. Yep, exactly. So if they have a physical thing sitting right in front of them, it begins to it becomes a lot harder for them to forget that it exists, you know? Um I would also say too that it encourages role play with the object. Very much so. Um, because again, if you if you describe it to them and it is not a physical object, they may just jot it down and be like, "Oh, okay, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. It's another it's another entry on my inventory list. It mm-hmm. goes in the bag of holding." Yep. But if you're sitting in front of it, they can. Sometimes it's difficult to to role play into a vacuum, you know. Yes. It's difficult to just pretend like an object is there and like it exists and it's of some importance even if it is something that is you know big and memorable yeah you know being able to physically hold it mm-hmm. and react to it and hand it to another player and mm-hmm. point to it and mm-hmm. you know these are all kind of role-playing cues it makes role-playing about and around the object a lot easier to do right and sometimes it it gives them a physical memory to reattach to it. Oh yeah, absolutely. So that later on, if they're like, "Hey, wait a second, I think I have that note from the Duke." Rifle, rifle, rifle. Physically pulls out the note. Here it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and they'll want to keep it. They can reread it at mm-hmm. any time mm-hmm. instead of having to look. What did that note say again? And now you've got to dig through your notes to find where you jotted it down three chapters ago. Right. You know? Exactly. And not everyone is great at keeping physical notes of exactly. their own. Exactly. Uh, and I think the last the last thing, too, is um, 
it makes discovery a physical activity. Very much so. Uh, so, you know, did you? Did, uh, I, I remember um, one of our Patreons, uh, Sparkle Motions, a good friend of ours yes. uh, in real life, and uh, she has this uh, puzzle box mm-hmm. that's like got all these like subtle sliding panels on it mm-hmm. that you have to kind of like do in the correct order to get the top to slide off of it. Mm-hmm. And I remember it's just the coolest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that always comes to mind when I think of like puzzle boxes and stuff like that. If you found one of those things and handed it to your players, you know, you might not want it to be like the, you know, the thing they need to resolve the plot. Right. Because maybe they don't get it open, but it might be a neat bonus that if they do, there's like a potion inside or something. Right. You know? Right. I mean, I literally had, uh, a situation where, uh, they were, it wasn't a D and D game, uh, but they were using bar puzzles. Mm-hmm as 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 breakpoint so you had to beat the bar puzzle and if you beat the bar puzzle it gave you basically a, oh, a, a yeah. critical move forward in the game and i'm yeah. like that's a cool way of doing it like those link interlinking iron rings where yeah. you've got to like tur- they're like weird shapes get the ball and you've got to out like turn or yeah. weird angles and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. yeah those things, are neat things like that so if you know them ahead of time you're like oh crap i can help out here mm-hmm. you know uh and it it again it gives you uh props will give you an additional point to that a thing that uh that i learned when doing outside of gaming completely um when doing training was give if you're in a room full of people who are doing training with you giving them physical objects that they're not used to while you're doing the training for people who are tactile learners Mm -hmm. helps them Mm -hmm. so there may be a documentation in front of them or a computer that they that they may or may not be doing anything with while they're watching a section of learning but if they've got a ball in their hand or something that they can play with their brain pulls that data in differently and that's another way to keep those memories fresh in people's minds Mm -hmm. versus falling asleep while playing D &D. absolutely Absolutely. or 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 messing around on their phone or something else i've always been that that person who has to fidget when i'm listening Mm -hmm. um uh, mostly I doodled, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, no, absolutely. I am that person where unless I've got a pen and a pad of paper in front of me, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to absorb everything you've got. Yep. You know, yep. um, the last, like lastly too, like with with props too, or, you know, with, with the physicality of them mm-hmm. is you can you can introduce clues that way as well. Mm-hmm. You know, hand them the lion crest key. Mm-hmm. You know that has the lion engraved on the on the on the head of it, mm-hmm. and then like four sessions later. When they come across this mysterious door with a lion's crest caved, uh, carved on it, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, "I know how to open the door," you know. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> and that's gonna be that's gonna be a moment, like all because you found at some you know cheap thrift store for fifty cents some little antique key, you know, and you were like, "Oh, this is neat." And you can just drop it in front mm-hmm. of your players. Now all of a sudden they've got this great epiphany moment where they're like, "The lion crest key," you know. Mm-hmm. It's it just it's so great it's so great when you have those moments at your table so tis true tis true all right do's and don'ts of props let's get the, let's get the do's done props are wonderful to use mm-hmm. but boy howdy can you make some mistakes with these things well let's start with the do stuff all right. i think the do's are better because when we get to the don'ts the don'ts are going to be hard the don'ts are going to be harder all right uh so do's okay uh, do shop for fun things at thrift stores, antique shops, garage sales, other places with old, cheap stuff. Go go to Halloween USA after Halloween. After Halloween, and, and yep. for like you know twenty to fifty percent off, pick up things that would be neat. You can find so much cool stuff for literally pennies to the dollar. Yeah, I I liked the Pier One outlet store because uh-huh. you could find boxes and neat little oh, yeah. mirrors and keys and yeah. all kinds of fun stuff there as well. Hell, I and, thought Pier One was a little bit expensive, you know? Well, I mean, you do the outlet and it's pretty darn cheap. Oh, yeah. Those. And you can find stuff in their clearance sections, even like bottles mm-hmm. and things like that, which really are fun. Estate sales are also cool mm-hmm. um, because, uh, not to put it too crassly, but that you usually means like an old person has died and mm. old people have old stuff. Like that antiques. is often true. That is often and true. old antique stuff is usually very ornate yes. and easy to introduce into your, into your D&D games. Very so. much so. I uh, uh, Another thing you can sometimes find uh, at uh, uh, estate sales is old books, old albums and stuff that are the leather bound but don't have any label, like they, mm-hmm. they don't have anything on them. Uh, and you can repurpose the book. Oh, yeah. Yeah, And, and that way you can hand people tomes of, of knowledge and then literally just put a page at certain points so they notice there's a difference and they can page through to that. 
uh, and it makes for reading books different. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Sam in our live chat, one of our Patreon says, uh, uh, says she's super excited to use the skeleton keys she bought and wrapped gemstones. Ooh. Uh, and then she also says Etsy and small businesses on Twitter. Uh, those can be expensive sometimes. Yeah, but you can find some really unique stuff there. So I would say so too. Keep the keep the option open, but you know, yeah. obviously, use your discretion on the pocketbook. Yeah, I would. You know, and the other thing is, is um, a lot of times you'll find people uh, uh, who have uh, who have abundance of things, especially after weddings and stuff. You know, like the uh, glass beads they might have used as mm-hmm. a centerpiece. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, small mirrors. Um, you know, things like that that can you could ask them like hey can i get a couple of those from you or something like that for a couple bucks they're often fine with that um the other thing is is uh as much as a lot of people don't like necessarily doing it um there are a lot of manufacturers who make like that you can pick up i think it used to be like uh um like a party uh, magazine where you could get you know uh, plastic coins you get a bag trading company thank you yes Uh, and you could get coins, you can get, you know, uh, gems, you, little jewels and all kinds of stuff uh, for pennies on the dollar, really. Uh, and uh, those kinds of things go over great when you're, you, know, you have to fill a chest full of coins and gems. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Hell, even so. use the, you just use the chocolate coins. Yeah. You know? I think Knox in the live chat brought brought that up earlier, mm-hmm. something about chocolate mm-hmm. coins. And I'm like, yeah, actually, that, that, that worked great. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. box full of treasure and you get to eat it later, you That's know? right. That's right. Um, so it, it doesn't go to waste. Um, and you know, it kind of, kind of leads us to, uh, to uh, item number two is if you're not going to buy things uh, all together, don't be afraid to get crafty. Yep. Um, there's a lot of easy props that can be made at home, mm-hmm. uh, with just basically what you've got lying around. Yeah. Uh, I mean, pr- paper with a, uh, and a printer with a, with a handwritten font, mm-hmm. instant, you know, handwritten letter, mm-hmm. um, add some tea bags, some candle wax and uh, a decorative spoon handle. Mm-hmm. There's a tutorial I saw yep. and you can wax seal it. Yep. Very much so. Um, and there's all sorts of things you can do. There's gr- a ton of great tutorials up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you if you if you haven't realized it yet already, YouTube is like the greatest learning resource because mm-hmm. it's just so many free videos. Um, there's a guy who does uh, papercraft terrain that I yeah. follow, and if you're not a terrain person, it, I you can make a whole dungeon in a matter of an hour and a half with a glue stick, a printer, and some cardboard, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. It comes out beautiful and it's it's very functional uh and counts very much as as uh, and there are people like that who do that papercraft stuff and you can make really neat things with papercraft like really neat things yeah. for very simple ways with just simple folding a little bit of gluing absolutely absolutely so. um now make sure you test out your props first always always make sure you test out your props first um the sealed letter that i was just talking about is no good if the sealing wax leaves part of the note illegible mm-hmm um, and the decorative box, uh, that you mean to put treasure in is useless if you cannot unlock it. Very true. Or if it's too big. Um, another thing you need to be careful of is if you're getting stuff that's older or that uh, is secondhand, uh, clean it up a little bit because yeah. sometimes if you're, especially if you're not the house where the game is happening so, or if you're taking it somewhere, uh, you can end up leaving oily residues musty or props, yeah. spider eggs on the inside. Exactly. Awful. Just, just take some time to do some cleanup on those things. Yeah. Um, and, and be careful of edges and things. There could be like screws sticking out that you didn't necessarily notice. So, right. so you take your time, put that on your friend's table and then all of a sudden they've got a big gouge in it. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or nice. worse yet, someone gets poked by it. Right, 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 so, right. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, let's see here. Make sure that you're using props to enhance your storytelling, not the other way around. Yes. Think of props like a seasoning, okay? Sprinkle it into your story where they can really bring out the flavor. If you add too much, you ruin the dish, and it becomes the only thing that, that anybody can taste. And the other thing about it is, is just like your um, your narration, think of background music as part of that narration. It's just, it's it's fill, it's creating the ambiance. Mm-hmm. But if I bring a prop into the scene, that prop is a Chekhov's gun. It needs to be important. Yes. I, I don't want to just fill the scene with candles and, and books and stuff unless it's part of the ambiance of the scene. But if I hand something to the players, if I deliberately put something in before them, it is important. Yes. And that's the way that needs to be played. Because mm-hmm. uh, the la- you know, if every letter they receive, regardless of who it's from, is hand is written on a scroll and handed to them. They're they're just going to ignore them. They're going to read through them, but it's going to become second nature. Yeah, you know. But on the other hand, if 
some of the notes that you send them are digital and you're like, okay, here's a copy of this. You have it. But then like the marquee sends a invitation to a party and you send it and it's got a scent on it and it's sealed. Mm -hmm. Like suddenly people around the table, like I'll be, I'll be taking that. Thank you. You know, right. Right. It's addressed to me. (laughs) Or, or even if you do hand them, you know, handwritten notes all the time. So they do have a physical record of it. Mm -hmm. When you hand them this one, it is on a fine vellum Mm -hmm. with a, you know, ornate wax seal Mm -hmm. and a ribbon and it is scented yep, and yep. gold leaf around it you know yeah like, yep. it's it's or it's in a custom it, envelope otherwise known as you went to the stationery store for this exactly one. <laughs> exactly i tripped to office max yep. um and I, I i i will say this um then it's the last thing in the in the dues i guess is to make sure you're not harming anybody at the table yes that's the big one um there are a lot of things that you should do in preparing for it, making sure that your players can accept what you're about to present, whether it's you put a strobe in the corner or you have a uh, you know, fog machine or a specific scent that you're doing. Think about your players first mm-hmm. and how they're going to accept this and whether or not there's a question about it. Yeah. So. And I, I think, you know, it's it's better to ask ahead of time if something like that is, you know, if someone's going to have an allergy or an adverse reaction or anything like that to mm-hmm. something like that. It's better to, quote unquote, ruin the surprise and mm-hmm. to make sure everybody at your table is safe and comfortable mm-hmm. than to potentially put somebody in, uh, at best, a discomfort situation, at worst, in the, in the hospital. Yeah. You know. Because you didn't realize they were allergic to mushrooms and... You know, you made a stew. Yeah. Or, you know, they, they were allergic to lavender or oh, something yeah. like that, yeah. and you decided to use some incense or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so just, you know, just make sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, obviously, uh, we'll, 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 get, we'll get to that. We're getting into the don'ts. We're getting into the don'ts. There's a lot of don'ts, and this is where we kick off the don'ts. Yeah, this is a, this is a good segue into the don'ts. Uh, so number one, do not use weapons. A weapon is never a, a a signature piece. I mean, I mean, if you're doing a gumshoe story or some investigational thing, um, maybe maybe a gun is an important part of the story as a prop. But I mean, realistically, it it is not something you should be bringing on a table because it does set up a lot of questions, mm-hmm. um, regardless of of the reality of said firearm. Yeah. So, um, but weapons in general, swords, knives, things like that, you can make papercraft versions of things. You can make representations. There's no need to to go into the, the physical nature of it. Exactly. Um, exactly. And if you do end up doing something like that for a specific scene, for a specific reason, make sure everybody's aware of it well ahead of time. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could, you could make an argument for something like a repainted Nerf gun or something like that. Sure. From, from maybe one of your cosplays or something, but you know, there's never any call to put an actual sword or a real dagger on the table because somebody's going to play with it. Somebody's going to end up sad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're probably going to end up sad at the hospital. Yes, exactly. Um, The second thing though, and kind of going along with the whole public safety thing is uh, if you do play in public, make sure that anyone looking on won't get the wrong idea. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Weapons are obviously one thing, but things like uh, bloody clothes as a prop or um, items of a sexual nature. If you're at a, if you're telling a mature story, Mm -hmm. um, or might be welcome while you're playing at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're out in public, if somebody could view those things out of context, yeah, it could raise a lot of questions, cause and some panic, cause some alarm. And... It definitely made for an uncomfortable gaming s- scenario when you're trying to, you know, when you're invited to a space to be able to play it, especially like Vampire, mm-hmm. and people show up in relatively racy, questionable clubbing outfits. And they're like, well, this is what vampires look like. Yeah, that's great, but we're also trying not to get kicked out of the cafe. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. You know, we're not trying to make their cafe a different place. You know, if you're playing um, a World War II game, maybe leave your Nazi costume at home. Yeah. Also, why do you have a Nazi costume? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, just think think about these things. They, yeah. when, when you pick up a prop, think, if someone saw me holding this right now, what would they think? In, in the context that we're going to do it. Now, on the other hand, there are a lot of times where you're playing in a specific venue that is designed for that. Mm-hmm. It's either a private venue, at which point you can push it. But remember that there's always going to be a venue master who's going to be the one looking out for everyone. Exactly. And that's the important part about mm-hmm. those things. So, 
Uh, we mentioned this kind of before, but uh, it's worth reiterating. Don't mm-hmm. use chemicals or flames without ensuring it's safe to do so first. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, candles are good props. They mm-hmm. they they double as mood lighting. Yeah, very much um, so. But just want to make sure that, you know, if you're putting open flames on a table that may be jostled by people covered or, in a bunch of paper yeah. and flammable books, that you're just being careful with those sort of things. Yeah. I mean, there's also no reason why you can't go with some of the electric candles. With the electric candles, yeah, exactly. That look just honestly as good sometimes. Mm-hmm. So uh, also don't add oils or incenses without people knowing it. Right, right. Kind you of know? goes back to the scents or the fog machine mm-hmm. thing that we mentioned yep, earlier. Yeah, very much so. Um. And then I think lastly, don't be afraid to take the props back into your possession. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it can come across as a little uh, mommy's confiscating your toys if you can't play nice with them. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you need to. Um, Puzzle boxes. Yeah, yeah, especially interesting or interactive props. Yep. They can become a distraction very quickly. And if you find that the prop is becoming the focus of the storytelling and not your storytelling itself... Yeah, maybe you know they just need to just just jot that down on your paper and you can take it back. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Put it in a place that they can see it, so that we can you can return to it. Mm-hmm. But maybe not so much. And and again, you have to know your players. You may find out that some of them are really bad at keeping things, even their own character sheets. Maybe it's better if you have a plot box that you bring every game session that has all the notes and everything in it, so that they have it at the session. Um, I know I've had definitely had players over the years who, when they leave with whatever they have, sometimes they don't even remember to bring their dice, Yeah. let alone their character sheets. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Knox actually brings up an interesting one here in the live chat. Oh. Uh, he says, also, things happen. Try not to bring personal items with meaning. Uh, very true. Very uh, true. Yes, I have that antique box that my grandmother made for me by mm-hmm. hand. I'm going to use it as a prop, and then somebody drops it. Or, or pour something on it. You know, yeah. um, I've seen people who've used um, uh, tarot decks mm-hmm. in games, and bringing them out sometimes can get damaged. People mm-hmm. can flex them or, or flip through them, and you're like, oh, don't bend that, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. And that that's where you have to remember that this is going to be in contact with a lot of people. This kind of goes back to why I suggest um, looking at, like, garage sales and estate sales mm-hmm. and thrift mm-hmm. stores and stuff like that for your, for your props. Because if you paid 35 cents for something um, that didn't belong to you yesterday, chances are you don't have a lot of attachment to it. That's very true. That is very true. Um. So you know, use it use it to to enhance your storytelling and and punctuate a, a moment in your game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, don't don't bring stuff you're attached to. All right, unconventional props. Unconventional props. I, I like these. I All like right. these. So we 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 give you a lot of good ideas about what props are. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's different places you can take you can take props here. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite ones of all time, though, is costumes. Yes. Now. I'm not talking being like I'm not a big cosplayer. Like I'm I'm not a cosplayer at all, really. Um, I've done some costuming for like one con that I went to once, um, and I've done some LARP. But uh, ultimately, I think like just putting a little bit of costuming into your game can make it really really fun. Like you don't have to go full, you know, full immersion. Nobody's asking you to wear a corset or anything like that. Yeah. You know, but um i've done it you know even just even just wearing a hat yeah uh or something like that 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 is um uh you know uh, uh, uh like if you're doing a western emblematic, piece yeah and you, you pick up a stetson and you set it on and you're like howdy y'all right and, or maybe and, wear a vest with a pocket watch sure you know? sure or a big star on it you yeah, know exactly. to say when you're that person and you know roll through it there's nothing wrong with that it's it's the same kind of feeling as giving it a voice. Uh-huh. It's giving it a visual to go with said voice. Exactly, exactly. And I think it's one of the more overlooked props that that that, that can be more or less easily done. Mm-hmm. Again, you can look at um a lot of uh, like consignment shops, mm-hmm. thrift stores um where you can get a lot of cheap clothing. Mm-hmm. Um for being crafty at home, if you have a sewing machine, sure, there are a lot. Again, a lot of great tutorials online. If you don't already know how to sew, mm-hmm. it might be a great way to to learn. You might find you might find it's interesting to you. On a side note, if you've if you're if you're gaming with some people and as a player even, and uh, you find that maybe your uh, the where your storyteller's places is a little cold, no reason why not to wear a cloak. Mm-hmm. Add a little flavor yourself. <laughs> so that's where props as a as a Clips, player can sometimes the blanket you can wear. It's right. <laughs> 
So uh, it, there's no reason why, as a player, you can't bring your own, but don't overshadow your storyteller. Right, right, right. And just, you know, obviously make sure you're going to be comfortable sitting around in it for four hours. Right. Right. Or longer, depending on how, how how long you guys game. Exactly. If you're doing it digitally and you guys have cameras, spice it up a little bit. Yeah. You know? Especially if you've got, like, a green screen. Oh, yeah. You know, for, 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 for your Zoom calls or something mm-hmm, like that. Make your mm-hmm. background something thematic to your character. Could be pretty cool. Um, oh, shoot. No, I want to do that for Ravana. Do people have craft prop-making nights with RP elements? Um, I, We used to do it for the LARPs. Um, we would get together yeah. and do stuff like that. I've definitely done it for those. Um, I remember doing it for um, for Vampire. I remember doing it for Kanar. But with um, RP elements, like you mean, like doing it, doing it in character. I mean, we did it. I remember doing huh. a few of those. We crafted some things that weren't necessarily real, <laughs> but we did. Like, I mean, at the LARP, we built walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We built, yeah. you know, we we made uh, you know resurrection areas and things like that. I think with the uh, um. With a vampire LARP, we actually had to uh, do almost like a scavenger hunt okay. to pull together elements for a occult thing, mm-hmm. uh, and it was it was interesting. It was interesting how we had to try and f- figure out what we were gonna you know f- where we were gonna find everything we needed, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah and yeah. who we were gonna get it from. So, uh, so yeah, I've definitely I've done it both prior to game and in game, and I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. I was thinking it definitely be- with with LARPs, it's a lot easier with. You know, uh, when you're you're building stuff together for a game session, there's something special about the storyteller doing it in private and presenting it as a like a surprise. Yeah, because you've, you've got the reveal, you've got the prestige. Yeah. But I mean, know? I will say that um, I've definitely done things with other storytellers um, between games. Oh yeah, when they yeah. weren't necessarily involved, I'm, I'm working with other people right now on my game mm-hmm. where they're helping me 3D print things and we're designing things to make sure that it's there for when we can physically play. Yeah. Uh, in whatever many months that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely. I, I, I would definitely suggest that. And, and it's good to have a stable of people who are not in your game, who are interested in gameplay, who can help you with these things. Sure. I sure. think that's a great thing. We've got plenty of, uh, at least from a miniature standing, uh, miniature painting standpoint, I've got a lot of friends who really don't play D D that love painting the miniatures. Oh, very much know? so, yeah. So. Um, so other other unconventional props, uh sound effects. Yes. Uh no, it's not traditionally a prop because props are typically something physical. Mm-hmm. Um but in this broad definition that we're using of of things that you bring in that enhance your storytelling. Yes. Um, I think sound effects are a great, great idea. Um, now we've talked a lot about, uh, like music, mm-hmm. background music and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. it's pretty easy to, pretty easy to do. And I would say pretty, pretty standard. It's um, becoming much it's, more. It's becoming a lot more standard as we move further into the digital age. Yeah. Um, but there's, you know, don't, don't discount the, the, uh, like there are a lot of sound boards out there. You can put on your phone and just play. Yeah. If, if you're you sitting need around. an explosion or a scream or a clap of thunder or something like mm-hmm. that, you know, they're on demand right there for you. So. Yeah. And there's good programs for that as well for PC where you can link it in and have it be your, add it into your microphone for discord. Um, and that helps a lot. I remember, um, the intro to one of our games um, I was just, I was describing a scene where, uh, your wife's character was up on watch all night and there was a storm rolling in over yes. the sea. Yes. And, uh, uh, I said, you know, you, you look out and you see the flash of lightning mm-hmm. and you begin counting one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had the sound effect queued up. Yeah. Five. Yeah, it will be here soon. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and the, the, then the narration went on, but I think that that was a great moment. I kind of saw everybody at the table go like, "Oh, storms coming in!" <laughs> oh, yep. that was nice. There was real thunder there, guys. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's 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 a it's a fun, brief thing, and again, the it's a part where less is more. Yeah, where if you've got something very subtle in the background going on, for instance, like they're in a cave or they're in a an old cathedral that's fallen apart and is mm-hmm. in derelict, and you've got little drips and kind of hollow sounds and wisps, and then you do like a door creaking open, everyone at that table will suddenly go quiet because oh, yeah. they're like, "What the hell was that?" You this know, this is what uh, the, the Mad Elf is really good at. We were, yes. we were talking about his storytelling style and how he'll just like we're playing Mouse Guard. And he just puts on uh, just some bird sounds. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, it's nature. Wait, those are crows. Wait, those are crows. Yep, exactly. Crows eat mice. We're mice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think uh, Nox's next question actually fits really well with what we're going into, which is the the lighting. 
Um, so and he was asking if we ever decorate gaming areas for an event that's a session or a party or a holiday celebration. Uh-huh. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I did it for 7th C at one point. I, I did so. some table decorations. That sounds about right. Because uh, there was a, it was a celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've done it. Um, I know you've, you've played around with some minor stuff, uh, but lighting is a huge way to do that, and it's a simple way of doing it. Yeah. Um, I remember back in the day, people would just change the bulbs mm-hmm. in the in one room of their house, and like you know, have little lamps on and stuff, and it, you know, it was, we were in like you know a, a club or something. And you know now with LED strips lighting, you can you can program those things. Oh live. yeah, those the, the, the Philips Hue lights mm-hmm. and stuff like that. The mm-hmm. smart lights. There was a neat uh, um, game that I was watching where uh, the uh, GM did uh, a sub thing, and they were went to like the red alert, like you put in here, and all the lights go red. Yes. And so it's darker, but everything's lit in red, and they're all like, "Oh man, this is creepy as heck." Uh huh. And, and they had little creaking sounds because they were underwater. Oh. To go along with it, wow! And he had he had sonar sounds going off at certain times, so it mm-hmm. really gave the ambiance of the moment. There's something about caves and being in you know subs and things like that that make you feel closed into it. Yeah, and for some people, that's really scary. Like they don't necessarily like that feeling. Yeah, it's a lot of anxiety. So you have to you have to kind of gauge where you're at with those and give moments of pause where people can take a breather and then mm-hmm. come back to it. So yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, I, uh, going, kind of going back to the sound effects one, um, I, I heard anecdotally and I don't, so through the grapevine, I don't even remember where I heard it. So mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't even give you a point of reference, but, uh, someone was running a game of paranoia uh-huh. at, uh, uh, at a con one time mm-hmm. and, uh, they had an air horn oh my God. under the table. <laughs> so nobody saw it or anything right. like that. And uh, they were like, okay, well, the computer wants us to go into that uh, yellow area over there, but none of us have yellow clearance, right. but we have to get that thing, right? you know? And so they're like, well, who's going to sacrifice themselves to go in there? Because, of course, you know, going into a clear area you don't have clearance for is you, re- you have to report for termination. Right, right. You know, so the uh, so one of the players draws the short straw or whatever, and he walks in there, and he's like, okay, I walk into the room. And the guy doesn't even wait for the cue. He just starts going, with the air horn and everybody of course just starts you know crapping themselves blind with panic because this is i mean it's right under the table it's loud as yeah. hell yeah yeah and he just just keeps going and just looks him right in the eye and with a straight face just goes what are you doing yeah. what are you doing yeah. uh, I, uh, uh, what are you doing you're hearing the siren what are you doing yeah exactly <laughs> i i definitely Definitely remember moments like that with uh, a couple of games where like sirens would go off, mm-hmm. you know, when they're like, oh, the cops are here. Oh, shit. Now we got to go do this other thing. We got to get the heck out of here because we can't affect it, you know, yep. any of this stuff. So, yeah, definitely sights and sounds make a huge difference. And it's a lot easier than it used to be. It's a, it's a um, lot easier than it used to be. Yeah, But you can still do a lot with a little. Just mm-hmm. remember that, like, yeah, change a bulb. One bulb in your house, if you know, a Phillips Hue bulb will make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're doing stuff online... Um, and you've got your camera. Use that. Use just the lighting change of your own area will change the effects of things. Uh, changing the lighting on a map is relatively easy. And you can, if you're not good at like Photoshop and things, mm-hmm. you know, even if players, you know, if your maps originally that you got was daylight, go in there, just change the, the color setting on it to a, a blue mm-hmm. or a little bit more gray and watch your players like, ooh, it looks, you know, it looks spooky and, and creepy. Uh-huh. Yeah, that that's what it's meant to look like. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot you can do there. And a lot of the programs that are out there um, for maps like VTT and stuff like that have some of those lighting settings. And so use that, you know, to push yourself a little bit. One of the things I was wanted to do, and by all means, someone out there who listens to this podcast should steal this idea mm-hmm. and photograph it and mm-hmm. send it to us. Mm-hmm. Um but I wanted to do either a Tron or a cyberpunk themed mm-hmm. game yep. and use fluorescent paints on the minis. Oh, nice. And use a black light over, totally. the, over the train. Totally like that idea. Uh, so you get everything glowing. Mm-hmm. It would mm-hmm. be great. No, I like that idea. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So uh, you want to get to some questions? Yes. Got, uh, about got, 10 minutes. Yeah, about, about 12 minutes or so. Yeah. yeah. So right. let's start at the bottom. Right, uh, sure. Overwatch says, "What what's one prop or physical aid that you've always wanted to use for a session, but never could because of cost, logistics, or effort? Wow. Um, I, th- I think that's my answer, actually. Is that? I've always wanted to use the blacklight models to do, like I said, like some, some sort of a cyberpunk thing. My original um, plan was to do that Tron game mm-hmm. set inside the computer, but then I didn't run it because I don't know crap about computers, and everybody I know knows more about it than I do. So Yeah. Um, 
I think for me, it's more about the space itself. Um, I wish I had a dedicated space that I could bring people into that mm-hmm. I could have lighting pre like have the hue lights up yeah. and, and have things preset so that I could just literally pull things into place. And suddenly now we're in this setting, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a thing. Um, I like that idea. I, I like having a, a set, if you yeah, will. It would be cool. Cause like you can, you can do like preset. Cause a lot of those things have software interfaces to them. The, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the, the hue lights, we have some in our, in our home. Yeah. You, you, I've seen. Um, and, uh, so especially with the, with the led ones that, that, that you can set to different colors, um, there is a software interface for them. And mm-hmm. so it might be cool, just like you might change a, a, a musical cue or something like that mm-hmm. to change the lighting cue mm-hmm. as, as a scene changes from one to the other. Yeah. And that way your entire room shifts with your right. storytelling. And I've seen some people do some neat things with the, um, the, the, uh, Bluetooth speakers and, or, um, the, um, uh, Google minis yeah, where yeah. you have like that one over there cued to play a howl. Uh-huh. Well, this one over here is playing like a wispy wind. So you get that 5.1 surround sound Correct. sort of environmental experience. Yeah, and it's just as simple as hitting play. Yeah. You know, and then getting then when you're done with that scene, everyone takes five, you queue up the next set, and you're ready to do something. But you could do that for a scene and really have a lot of impact. Oh, yeah. And and oh, that's absolutely. what I've always wanted. I've always wanted that kind of thing. Absolutely. So. All right, your turn. All right, so Hulavu uh, asks us, I play in a game with a majority of college students. Not all of us have the disposable income. What are some cheap ways you know or have seen uh, that can bridge the theater of the mind's eye and reality? Um, first things first, I always say um, there is absolutely nothing wrong with going to exceptionally cheap places and getting... And, and and scaling them up to what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, the theater of the mind's eye's first step is it is the mind's eye and you're taking one aspect out of it. Yes. Meaning if you're handing somebody, like I was saying, like a book, mm-hmm. you can find like used book sales that will have like an old book that doesn't have necessarily the name printed on the cover or on the spline and then literally just glue into the pages of the book what you want on certain pages and they'll know that those pages aren't part of the book because they're thicker and they can page through it and now you have a tome you can hand somebody and that's a simple Mm -hmm. little thing that you can do for like five bucks yeah absolutely seriously um it's, printing is not that expensive, um, and it's a, a huge step up. Um, use what you have. Um, use uh, use scents. You know, uh, use do, you know get a tea bag and tea stain stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, if you're doing something as simple as like uh, you know an old man, you know, grab yourself a a, 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 a a robe or something and throw it over you and hunker down at the table as you're talking to them. And mm-hmm. now there's a visual representation of what's going on there. Yeah, I think I think costume is usually pretty easy to do because, uh, like I said, you can go to thrift stores and and garage sales. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see them, and you, you'd be amazed what you can find there for like literally thirty five cents. Yeah, you know. Um, and, uh, sometimes even like, I find it's actually the prop that begets the storytelling, mm-hmm. not the other way around where yeah. like, you'll be looking at something. You may not even be there for prop shopping. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I was looking for a, you know, a new, a new dress or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you go to the thrift store and all of a sudden you see like, oh, wow. Oh man, that's a cool looking box. Oh, what if in that one part in my upcoming mm-hmm. story, I could do that, you know? Yep. And suddenly you, you've got to walk out with the, with this $2 box. Mm-hmm. And it becomes the next prop that, you know, you wrapped your story around. Yep. yep. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely say that there are ways to do it. I would say don't be afraid to go less mm-hmm. and grab some spray paint and paint something gold. Oh, yeah. You know, you yeah, need absolutely. a golden chalice. <laughs> go get go go get something go, inexpensive. Go get a plastic goblet, you know, yep. plastic wine goblet from Target for three bucks. Yeah, or less. And just spray paint it. Yeah. You know, that's it. Glue, glue some glue some plastic gems from Michaels mm-hmm. on it that you can get, you know, for... Yeah. It's amazing what you can get at Target. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Also, kids' aisles are great for that kind of shit. Hot glue gun. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, Kid, Kids' aisles, you can get away with a lot of neat stuff. Kids' aisles, you can get away with a lot of stuff. Yep. Um, and lean, lean on YouTube. Lean for, on YouTube. For, for tutorials a yep. lot. Um, there, there's a lot of cool stuff up there mm-hmm. that they'll teach you how to do it for cheap and free. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so the Mad Elf asks, um, mm-hmm. what is the limit on props as in elaborate or realistic? I don't think there is a limit. Is there really? I, mean, I think I think you can go too far. You, you can, can use too much. You absolutely can. Um, and that can get problematic because uh, the last thing you want to do is overwhelm people. Yeah. You, you, less is more. 
when it comes to the physical props. I think where you where you can gain is lighting, clothing, uh, ambiance, sound, but the physical props themselves, less is more. Yeah, I think your props are going to basically fall into two different categories, and that, that is, like you said, your ambiance mm-hmm. um, and your, like, plot item. Correct. Um, and so... I think you can you can lean on the ambiance quite a bit, um, up to the point where it starts becoming a LARP. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, and, and keep in mind that this is all time-consuming and energy-consuming to plan and plot all this stuff together, too. So, um, you may not even have the energy to constantly run, you know, a full soundtrack with sound, sound effects and costuming and lighting changes. Like, that's basically a one-man show at that point. It's not, you know, you're not even role-playing anymore. Yeah. Um so I I think I think it kind of has its own inherent limit in just like how much energy do you want to throw realistically throw into this for right. what payoff? Um but also uh what how many plot items do you have? Mm-hmm. That you need of, you know, items of great significance to give to your characters. Um and I think your story dictates that, you know. Uh I think there's maybe God, like one or two particularly important plot items that I might have a prop for you for my game, but that's stretching it. Yeah, and and realistically, I think it goes a long a long way to say that your plot beats help determine that as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So if you're, you know, a lot of people will say it's based on scene. A lot of people say it's based on the story section. Um. But if you're in a story, you're in within the story circle. You should probably only have one, maybe two plot items for that story circle so that you're not flooding them with information right right you know where they start at a point whether it's the town they go and start looking for something they find it you know they have to deal with the situation they return different that circle of an event of events needs to be very simple yeah and i mean like you and i play enough video games to know that like sometimes we log on and we're like uh inventory management it's terrifying you never want to have your your like your actual physical player characters be Mm -hmm. like uh i have to manage inventory you know like where am i going to put all these props at that point you've gone too far yeah you know yep exactly exactly uh let's see here knocks in the box asks any safety tips about certain popular props or ideas uh something that sounds good on paper but can be tricky to execute perhaps something that may trigger seizures for example or maybe handling potentially dangerous items um i think we touched on a lot of this yeah i think if you're if you're not comfortable with candles go with electric candles Mm -hmm. um or or alternative lighting like light bulbs um Anything uh, you're aerosolizing into the air can yep. be a potential asthma. It, um, it sounds easy, but be careful of of incense. Yeah. Um, especially uh, if you're going to, like, essential oils and stuff, um, there are some things that just animals can't deal with. So if the place where you're going or the people around you might have animals, mm-hmm. be careful. Yeah. Because that can affect them and in a very poor way. I don't I don't really have, like, a scent allergies or anything like that, mm-hmm. but there are certain scents that just burn my nose mm-hmm. you know and they, i mean sure they i'm sure they smell perfectly nice to other people but yep. they're like it's almost like that cilantro effect you yep. know it's too much but too much just, yeah. yeah so just be mindful of of your group and of the space that you're in because it may sound like a cool idea to bring a fog machine in but your 10 by 15 room suddenly is now full of fog <laughs> And no one can see their character sheets, and some people can't breathe. I cast Obscuring Mist. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. So I would say uh, beyond that, I mean, you're you're pretty solid to, to try things, uh, but just maybe run some of it by other people in your group. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's, it's probably better to spoil the surprise and make sure that everybody's comfortable and safe than to have a potential incident. Exactly. So, all right. Uh, next week, we are going to be getting back to our mini-series, and we're going to be discussing not-so-random encounters. Not-so-random encounters. And I I think that it should be fun, because I don't think random encounters really exist anymore. I don't... You know, or they shouldn't. I don't know. All right. All right, uh, you can find us on Twitter at ST underscore Conclave, on Instagram at ST underscore Conclave. Uh, you can listen to us live every Wednesday night on uh, mixlr.com slash storyteller dash Conclave, and that's at 7 p.m. Eastern time. 
Uh, and also, join us up on our Discord. We'd love to have you uh, join the discussion. Uh, you can shoot us show questions there. Uh, uh, engage with the rest of the community. Whether you're a new storyteller or an experienced storyteller, we'd love to have you up there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find the link to our Discord on our website at storytellerconclave.com or up on our Twitter. We tweet it out uh, pretty regularly as well. Yep. Uh, we'd like to thank our Patreon members, especially our named members, Knox, uh, Sam, the Arcane Asylum, and Sparkle Motion. We really appreciate all of you and your help that you give us in keeping this all going. Uh, feel free to join us so you can join this live chat. Um, our pre-show music today was by a variety of artists, so I will be putting those up on link uh, for those who are interested. Uh, our intro music is Beyond the Warriors by Gee Frog. You can find that at geefrogmusic.webly.com. And our outro music is our Only Our Footprints in the Sand by Midair Machine. You can find that at soundcloud.com slash midairmachine slash tracks. And as always, a big shout out to our families, Vicky and Sean. Thank you so much for supporting us. Thank you. All of our friends who've sat with us at our tables and gamed with us over the years, and every single one of you, our listeners. We love you. Love you guys. Good night. Good night.